Recording <laughs> in progress. Computer. Okay. Uh, can you hear me now, Troy? No, I can hear you now. <laughs> okay, so it was it was just your bullshit system. <laughs> I blame <laughs> Apple on everything. <laughs> I blame Apple. Yeah, blame Apple because it's their fault. So I told Kenzie just give us another like ten, you know, instead of seven thirty, seven forty-five. And he doesn't have a link yet. Him or Mayor? No, I'll I'll send it now. Okay, he's going to send it now, Kenzie. So join but us at seven forty-five. But it's um, it'll take okay, you to a be, porn site. And and uh, be naked when you come on. So long, baby. Bye. Did you see Troy? Did you like my uh? Did you like my my picture with Kinsey tattooed all over me? <laughs> Fucking hell, dude! I heard Lena told me you posted it. I posted, yeah, I posted a couple of fucking brilliant. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Fucking yeah. absolutely. Babylonian's obsessed with me for some reason. I don't know. He's he sends me this shit all the time, man. I'm I've been just about everybody by now. I gotta say, I was super impressed. I really like the Marilyn Monroe one. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I thought you as Mick Jagger looked amazing. <laughs> that was pretty good too. <laughs> but that that picture of the tattoos with Kinsey tattooed all over me—that is amazing. <laughs> Funny shit. Oh my god, technology. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just an app. It's just an iPhone app. Really? Have just got really good with it. Yeah, he told me the name of it, but I forgot. But he's he's a genius with it. He does it really fast. <laughs> so <laughs> it's great. Oh, so, man. so are we on? Are we on? Are we on? Are we are we on live on stage? We're live on stage. This is the only stage we've been on for a long time. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. Wow, long time no see. Yeah. Right? Definitely. I'm um Yeah, I'm not in the usual place, of course. Troy's in Nashville. I've gone Carmel. country. Gone which country? <laughs> I which moved country? to Nashville. Can you believe that? I just up and moved to Nashville. I'm like, I'm done with you, Los Angeles. <laughs> So, yeah, so there you go. I'm out here. So I might, maybe I'll find some, um, if I look, if I throw a stone out my front door, I could hit maybe a country player to interview on the show. Cool. Andy's sister. All right. You know, Andy Wood's there. You get Andy Wood on there. Is, that, is Andy in Nashville? I think so. Great player. No, I thought Andy Wood was in like Virginia or somewhere. I don't know, man. I thought he was in Nashville. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't think he's in Nashville. But I'd love to get Andy. Andy's amazing. Yeah, he's really good. I like his playing. He's a sir guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a badass. But there's so many ridiculous players here. I dare not tell anyone I'm a guitar player here. I'm like a roadie or something. Uh, no. They're just they're nuts out here. It's it's crazy. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but a lot of fun. So how are you guys? Good, man. Hanging in there. I'm glad we're all over that COVID shit and we're back to normal. Well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. 
<laughs> I'm glad no one else has got sick. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, I could, I could, I could start a whole thing about that, but I know Bruce doesn't like me to get too political, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of pissed about it. You know, oh, now you, hold it, now you're pissed. No, I mean, I've been pissed for a long time ever since the vaccine came out because I figure once it came out, everybody would want to take it and we'd get over this shit. And, um, you know, just, I mean, do you mind if I say a word about it? I mean. I, I think there's no filters. Well, I mean. <laughs> Bruce is like. <laughs> you know, Asia, Asia has its doors closed to us, so can't work there. And there's quite a few countries in South America that have their doors closed to us. So, you know, jazz and blues and fusion musicians who kind of make their living playing overseas are kind of still fucked because these countries won't let us in without a two week quarantine and makes it really hard on us, you know? So if you look at the stats, the Google stats, we are like only 50 something percent vaccinated as opposed to just about every country that's in their seventies and eighties. Well, Australia is not where so, no Australia is not. They're down on the list. So is Japan actually, which kind of surprises me, but, you know, when you talk about the NAM show and why it got canceled, mainly because of Japan, because Japan pays the rent at the convention center for NAM. Oh. I mean, companies <laughs> like Roland and Korg, Yamaha, uh, what's the other big one? Ibanez. How did you know, how did 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 we miss NAM? Yeah, NAM was supposed to be in January. That's gone. Oh man, I didn't even miss it this year. I can't say how no, January is in three months. Yeah, January's in three months, but it's not going to happen. So no, we missed and, last year's. And they moved it to June, and that's not going to happen either. No. You know, because it's bullshit. It's just, they're just, the NAM, the NAM committee is just bullshitting us like they always do. It's just a bunch of shit. They're not going to have it in June. That's bullshit. Well, so, hey, they had the Olympics. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad that, that, a lot of the countries that I would normally go tour in, I still can't go to. And I'm, I'm lucky that the EU has got its doors open as of last month or a couple months ago, they decided to let Americans in with the vaccination card and you don't have to quarantine. So I've got a really good tour happening in March for like six weeks with every major city in Europe. And that's really nice. It's about time, you know, that I got my ass back to work. But that's only because the EU opened its doors finally after all this time. And I'm kind of afraid if things slide backwards, that could change. Who knows, right? We don't know. And so the shit show continues. Yeah. And you know who's part of the shit show? People like Eric Clapton. Fuck that no playing motherfucker. Dude, I, you know what? You know? I've got to push back a little bit because I don't know if you saw the thing on YouTube. Um, he he come out and did an interview and he explained his situation. And after hearing his interview, I was like, well, that makes sense for him. He clearly, he hasn't lived a great healthy life. So of course he got vaccinated, got the first one. Oh, he did. Yes. He got vaccinated. Oh, got I didn't know that. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Everyone got the wrong information because all the news and the media are so amazing these days. They fuck it all up. But well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, he got both I, both shots. He got the I first thought he was a total anti-vaxxer. No, he's no. not. His kids were 
nagging him. His daughters were nagging him. You've got to get vaccinated, Dad. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll fucking get vaccinated. Gets vaccinated. The first one nearly knocks him on his ass. He's out for like two weeks. He really scared him, scared the shit out of him because his docs, doctors didn't say it was going to be bad or anything. Really knocked him on his ass. He thought, all right, well, I got through that. I've, I've done one. I might as well do the second. Did the second shot. And now he's got problems touching anything that is hot or cold. He has to wear gloves. He's having trouble playing or whatever, his hands and all this other stuff. Oh, man. But his whole thing was he wasn't necessarily an anti-vaxxer. He was just like, for some people like myself, it really fucked me up and no one told me about it. And then he did that song with Van Morrison and he said, I don't want to be a part of this whole fucking anti-vaxxer thing, but I got dragged into it. All Americans think I'm a Trump supporter and it was totally taken all out of context. No one actually listened to the truth. And he well, said Van Morrison definitely went down that road as an anti-vaxxer and blah, blah, blah. But he said. So did Jimmy Vaughn. Was that? So did Jimmy Vaughn. Oh, right. Well, Eric's Jimmy wasn't Vaughn? part of that. Jimmy Vaughn. Jimmy, yeah. Yeah. Stevie Ray's brother. Stevie Ray's brother. Yeah. Okay. Who's an excellent guitar player, but you know. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll be right back. I got to get a refill. You guys keep going. Okay. You're doing fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, like I, no, I'm really, really glad to hear that, man, because, you know, it's, to me, any big star like Eric, I've never really been into his playing that much. And I don't care. That's not that's here, neither here nor there. I don't care. But but the thing is, is that any big star who has that kind of influence over people, you know, if he influences Americans, which of course he does, he's the big star. A lot of Americans look up to him. And if he influences people not to get vaccinated, that's bad for me because that means like that puts me out of work and about a million other musicians out of work that make their living overseas. Because as long as the stats are what they are in America, other foreign countries aren't going to let us in to play. Yeah. Well, you know, you should, and that sucks. You should watch the video because I, you know, I only heard a little bit about that whole story and I didn't make any judgment because I didn't know the whole story. But Eric was saying, he's like, man, I got fucking attacked. Like people wanted fans were dropping off and people wanted to kill me. And he said, all I was doing was sharing what happened to me. And I didn't, I couldn't expect my fans to come to my show after what I went through as with a vaccination and expect them to have the vaccination too. He said, I just left it open, but I'm being vilified okay. for it and I'm trying huh. to speak out. And, and I totally understand that. And I'm totally, you know, I changed my mind and thanks for changing my mind for me because I didn't know this, man. Well, I'm, I'm misinformed. But, but look, look how you come at it. And a lot of people did. I saw comments on Facebook like, oh, fuck you, Eric, and fuck off and blah, blah, blah. I mean, people just go from zero to 100 now. And the facts were he was like, man, all I was doing was sharing my story and what happened to me. Uh, I wasn't telling probably. anyone to get non-vaxxed or vaccinated. It was just my story. And I got vilified for it. And I was just I was scared. He said he well, was legitimately. I totally really get it. We, we don't need to talk about Eric anymore. But what we do need to talk about, I think, is that people need to get fucking vaccinated because otherwise we're not going to be allowed to go anywhere. We're well, stuck here. You know. <laughs> you know, Australia, they're like uh, having massive uh, uh, demonstrations. And my friend, my sister was going to work and she's a 
she's got a permit to work, right? You can only leave the house if you have a permit. Her co-worker didn't have this piece of paper. She got charged $4,000, a fine of $4,000 because she left her house without this piece of paper. Wow. That's well, hardcore. I, I, That's a I guess little hardcore. I just consider myself lucky that I get to, that I get to go to Europe in March. You well, know? you hope. It, I hope, but right now, <laughs> right now, everything is, is on, you know, so they're letting, they're letting people travel freely in Europe with vaccination card without having to quarantine. So, you know, this is a really great tour and I just hope it happens. And I hope we don't slide backwards enough for the Europeans to change their mind and say, <laughs> you can't come in, you know, but we've tried Asia. Actually, I might maybe get to go to South America in November, but three countries that I would be going to are allowing us to come in and three are not. So the other three have to change their minds for it to work from, for it to, you know, happen. So we're just waiting to see. We're still a long ways from November or a lot can happen in two months. So are we talking about November, like next month? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a lot of time, Scott. No, it's not a lot of time, but I mean, it's enough time where they could change their minds. They could say, because they just, Argentina, Uruguay, and one other country, I can't remember, just this week changed their laws so that Americans can come in if they're vaccinated without having to quarantine. So if they change their minds, maybe the other three countries will change their minds. We'll have to see. You know, but I'm hoping they do. But yeah, you know, it's just whatever. I can play little gigs in the States. I've got some stuff going on in January where I'm going to play Baked Potato for two nights and uh, go out, play in Vegas, play in Alvis. And, uh, you know, so it's like the- it's like the it's like the Nam thing, except for there's no Nam show. Yeah, right. It's like like <laughs> Nam, the Nam gigs with no Nam. <laughs> you get it. We can we can have parking without the no, the Nam gig without the noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I never went to Nam anyway. I just did the gigs. <laughs> but nothing's changed for you. That's great. No, it doesn't change anything for me. But uh, Mr. Yeah. Foreman, how the fuck are you going? Me? Yeah, everything's going great, man. You know how you start your career in the mailroom and you work your way out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually worked my whole way to get down to the mailroom. <laughs> You're back I, in the mail I room. got my new CD out, and because of Kickstarter and all the wonderful people that bought my CDs and stuff, now I'm in the mailroom signing them and sending them out. And I've got bins full that are going to the post office every few days. Wow. So, Bruce, did, you, did you do it on? These are all going foreign countries. Are you doing it all yourself or no help from CD Baby or anybody like that? No, no. The Kickstarter people, you know, that's all. Oh, I see. It's a Kickstarter project. So they handle other stuff, too. So I I do it all and I could probably enter it all into, you know, like Excel and then print out labels. But I figured I'd write them all by hand and let everybody know how much I appreciate their support. You know, that'll go on iTunes, too. Oh, it's it's on everywhere. It's CD Baby, iTunes, Spotify. Okay. It's everywhere, Amazon, but the people who contributed to the Kickstarter either get an LP, which won't come till the first of the year because the plants are so Mm back-ordered, but uh, the CDs I've got, which this is what it looks like. Of course, we're an audio podcast, so that's really doing everybody some good. 
Can I ask you a question, Bruce? If how much does vinyl cost to make, and is it really worth? Because I'm thinking about doing vinyl on my next album too, but I'm not sure if it's cost effective. Like, it how much does it cost to make? Doesn't it cost like a fortune to ship it? Yeah, it costs a lot to make it and a lot to ship it, and you have to just. I mean, if people want to buy it, the way I did it was like, if, if enough people bought it, I would do it. And enough people wanted to buy it and I'm doing it. I'm not so going to make a lot of money. I'm just, I'm just happy they want it. You know, I mean, that's how much like, would you charge for a vinyl? Uh, you'd have to go on my Kickstarter. I think I charge 25 or 30, including shipping, but that's less than most people charge. Yeah. I've seen people charging 40 and 50. For right. Well, I, I don't, I don't like to do that. I yeah. mean, I charge 15 for CDs, including shipping, you know? Yeah. Well, well, if you, but here's the thing. I'm just curious. If you charged only 25 for vinyl, how much is shipping? Uh, shipping for vinyl is probably about five bucks when you oh, have that's, Oh, it's not as much as I thought. No. Because it's media mail, right? Right. Okay. So it can't be that much if it's media mail. That, that helps. I got something here. I wonder if it's got the price on it. No, it doesn't have the price. That's okay. Here, somebody sent me one just the well, other day. You know what? Oh, yeah. I'm on this one. I actually have gigs these days. Yeah, but you know what? If it goes in a, a pack, a little packet that small and it's media mail, it's probably not more than five bucks to send it. So that's right, great. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's cheaper to send it than I thought. Yeah. So yeah, because I was picturing this big, like huge pizza box, like about two <laughs> inches thick, with with styrofoam in there and shit. No, you got to. I mean, in. you got to. You got to buy the boxes too, just like you got to buy the uh, the CD mailers. You know. I see. No, no, that looks really compact. It's not nearly as big as I thought it would be. That's cool. It's like a pizza, though. Well, a very thin pizza. <laughs> a very, yeah, a Neapolitan pizza. A pen, pizza with no mushrooms or cheese on well, it. Like a pizza in, in Italy, a real pizza. You know? <laughs> if you guys were smart, you would send out your album with a pizza as well. That would be well, the smart yeah. thing to do. You know, yeah. I've, been, I've been looking for, you know, okay, if there's somebody out there, I don't care if it's Domino's or <laughs> Little Caesars, or some like uh, it probably tastes know, better by the time it gets there. All I can say is I'm ready to do business with any pizza owner who wants to like up their game. <laughs> That's a good idea. Got to think about that. Free pizza with album, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I'd like to say one more thing before I forget. Um, <laughs> during COVID, I managed to write enough music for a record, so. So oh, I'm ready so to go back in the studio again, becoming a hermit. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. We need to we need to tour the music first. So, to, you know, I've got I've got four tunes that we really don't need to tour because they're kind of like playing them on the road isn't going to change them very much. It's not really they're, they're kind of like. I don't know what to call it. Is it is it just pop with a lot of chord changes? I guess that's what you call it. It's not really like interactive music that much except for the solo so so i don't really need to bring those tunes in live because they're not going to change before we go but there are four other tunes that are really kind of open and anything could happen so i want to tour those tunes because they could change a lot before we go into the studio so um we'll see what happens but yeah anyway we'll tour those and then hopefully get into the studio the next time my guys can 
come to LA, which who knows when that is, maybe, maybe January, maybe they will do uh, January, 2023 for now. And then they could, then we could record then. I don't know, but I don't know, man. I've, I'm hearing a lot of weird stuff about the <laughs> back, back to that for a second. I'm hearing a lot of stuff like, you know how the music Mesa in Frankfurt died, right? And it doesn't happen anymore. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. That has, that's been dead for three years. Uh, and that's even bigger than Nam, so so much bigger actually. And what killed it? Because it died before the pandemic. It died because the same reason Nam is about to die, because music manufacturers do not think it's worth the price of admission, because they don't feel like they're making enough sales to make it worth spending a hundred grand on a booth. Right. And they're just going, you know, with the age of the internet, dude. There's a boss, there's a new synth pedal coming out by boss where you don't need a MIDI pickup on your guitar. It kind of just takes your guitar signal and makes some cool synth sounds with it. I can't open my browser without seeing that pedal. So why does boss need to go to Nam? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that kind of thinking. It's like the internet advertising is so strong right now that companies are just sort of thinking, why the hell should I spend a million dollars going to Nam when... Uh, we'll sell just as much just advertising our shit online. So yeah. that's why I think not Nam is about to be a dinosaur. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I think for sure. Especially after COVID, why would you yeah. want to fucking? Why would you? It's not even fun, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's fun to see friends you haven't seen see, for a long time. Yeah, I, see I, I love that part about it. You know, but but I just think that it's it's outlived its usefulness. I think a lot of shit is changing. Well, <laughs> that's the dumbest thing to say. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. Wow. I just had an epiphany. I think a lot of shit is changing, guys. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just going to say it. Well, you know, I hope you haven't noticed that people are talking different around you lately. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do they talk like this? Hey, Troy, we don't allow no LA people out here. God damn it. And you don't Did believe you change your license plates. I, <laughs> I have, you know what? I haven't, I haven't really had that yet. Everyone's, everyone is ridiculously nice here in Nashville. I got to yeah, say, yeah, because you got an Australian accent. If they thought you were really from California, boy, you wouldn't be. <laughs> they wouldn't like you too much. Yeah, no, I got to say, it's it's prettier. Well, where I, compared to where I came from, I got a North Hollywood, prettier than North Hollywood, greener than North Hollywood. They have this substance that falls from the sky, which is like H two O or something. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. You're a goddamn liberal Democrat, which you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, I'm enjoying Nashville, and you know they have like a they have a music scene here that's pretty cool. Go for yeah, it. I imagine it is, man. They got a million great guitar players. So well, I know Guthrie Trap and Robin Ford, and I think Tommy and that live over that over that way. I mean, I'm I'm right in the middle of everything. It's all happening. And I haven't left my house because of COVID. <laughs> I, I see a lot of people out here not wearing masks. Yeah, well, that's the South, man. I mean, this is why. And I'm not, you know, man, I'm not against. Uh, I'm not against where people live at all. I'm just against the mentality of <laughs> having a vaccine and not being smart enough to take it. Or just wear a mask. <laughs> or at least wear a mask. I mean, because this Delta shit is seriously contagious, man. 
Yeah, if you look downtown Nashville on Broadway where it's all happening, like Nash Vegas, there's a lot of people down there and there ain't much mask wearing. So, and uh, I'm sure the hospitals are full to capacity. Well, I, unfortunately, Tennessee is not doing well with the COVID. Yeah. So, um, well, let me, let me tell you something. I mean, I'm not going to mention a name, but I will tell you that one of my doctors is, um, is how do you call it, epithelologist? Is that how you pronounce it? That sounds pretty close. Is that like Dr. Fauci, right? Anyway, this know. guy works in a major hospital in the Midwest, and he deals with COVID. And I, when you, I tell you what he said to me, we were having a guitar lesson and actually I probably learned more from him than he learned from me. Cause we did about a, an hour guitar lesson. And then we talked for another hour about COVID, but, um, he actually said this, he said, I would like to tell every unvaccinated motherfucker that shows up here to go fuck home and deal with it. Wow. That's what he said. He's just had enough, right? He's had enough. He's pissed. Yeah. He's pissed. He's pissed for his staff, for his nurses, for everybody that works in the hospital who's having to work triple shifts because these motherfuckers won't take a goddamn shot. You know, so he just feels like if you get if you're unvaccinated, just stamp stupid on your forehead so we can just tell you to go home <laughs> when you show up here. Yeah, um, well, you know what, man? It's I yeah. I we're we're living in a world now where Every conspiracy, you can find anything to back up what you want to believe on the internet and Google, and you can go down that rabbit hole and fucking you just believe what you want to believe. And there you go. I mean, we just had Trump, so, you know. <laughs> what the fuck? Hard to believe we're still talking about that guy for all this time. Well, He's been gone, but we're still talking about him. <laughs> it's, it's, nuts. it's nuts but but anyway but Nashville is a, an amazing place and um we're going to be here until i think thanksgiving and um mm -hmm. i'm hoping to get to see a, a bunch of players out here and maybe do some interviews and catch man, up man you need to see jerry douglas play that guy's a badass uh, hey do you know uh jim oblum uh sounds familiar but i can't jim oblum he plays drums for paul simon but he's also a badass guitar player uh-huh I caught up with him, and uh, I really want to get him on the show. He's isn't isn't Tom Hemby out there? I don't know Tom. Tom's really good too. Yeah, um, yeah. There's boy. There's just so many. There's tons of them. Oh. They're crawling out of the woodwork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I, think, I think my um the guy that cuts our grass is like one of the world's best session players. That's that's you know, <laughs> and he just cuts grass for fun. You know. <laughs> Fucking That's incredible, man. Oh, my God. So what well, have you guys been up to? What's been happening? I mean, I, I know I Bruce, you've practice been... practice all day, Troy. That's all I do. You what? I just sit around and practice all day. I practice nine hours a day every single day. Well, that's got to be great. Dude, I got to tell you something. I've never had chops like this in my whole life. <laughs> I, it's like I can, I can play the guitar so fast. And I'm like, I don't really even like guys that play fast all the time. And sometimes when you can, you're tempted to do it. And I have to stop myself now and go play melodies, dude, play melodies, leave spaces, you know, <laughs> because, because I, I can play a lot of stuff that I, I never would be able to play chops wise. 
just from practicing, just from being with my guitar all this time. And there's this one tune that I wrote and it's like the fastest tune I've ever written. And it's like, <laughs> but when I started practicing on it, I just couldn't play that. Fa I, there's, I said, there's no way I would ever be able to play at this tempo. Now I'm playing at this tempo easily. Wow. After playing, you know, and it's, we're talking fast, fast, like really fast, you know, like, like as fast as that tune, fast city, weather port, yeah. you know, the really, really fast one. And it's that tempo. And, and normally when someone gives me a tempo like that, I would just get, I would just, so get somebody else. Cause I can't do that. Right. They, and now I can't just from, from practicing so much. That's good. See, uh, that's that's going to be great when you come out and, and tour and stuff, but I'm going the other way. I'm trying to write songs really that are really, really slow. Well, good for you. I've got a lot of those too. It's, <laughs> it's good to have both. <laughs> I'm writing a lot of ballads about losing people. <laughs> I know where you're writing ballads because you just miss me so much. It makes you sad and you just write ballads about the yeah. ballad of Scott Henderson and how much I miss him. The Ballad of Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Bruce is, I don't Bruce know what is, doing. Hey, hold this whole pandemic. Bruce has not only done an, uh, an album uh, and a Kickstarter, he's also had, he's grown ducks and they've moved on. Like, he's gone through that whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, dude. It's all about ducks. He's growing duck. ducks. He's a duck grower. I'm a duck farmer. Yeah. You mean ducks, the animal? Yes. I've, oh. been, I've been abducted. But I thought you raised ducks. You don't grow them. You grow trees. Oh, no. Nah, he was growing them. <laughs> he was growing them? <laughs> you know, I don't know how you do that, know, like out they, of the ground. They, they, pretty, they pretty much do everything by themselves. I don't have, you know. So there's duck seeds then, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Duck yeah, awesome. ducks. Learn something new every day. Yeah, you just put a little. Here's what you do: you put a little orange sauce out in your backyard, and you can grow. <laughs> That's all happening. So, do you eat these ducks, or you just play with them? Uh, neither. Um, I was about to eat one, but I I managed. It's a duckling, and I managed to move them off to another family before we got hungry. Okay, good. <laughs> but his mother still lives here. Uh -huh. and, and and we do a show every day. People walk by, and I throw grapes to him on the roof. Oh, and, he, cool. and, he ca and she catches every one of them. And awesome. it's, it's a big circus act here in the village. And I'm making tons of money. I don't even have to go on the road anymore. Awesome, man! Yeah. I I I had some duck one time in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty good. You had yeah. duck in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, because they had duck and the, and the, the guy, I was in China, you know, so the promoter just ordered for everybody, ordered a big meal for everybody, and it was duck. So we just ate it because I don't think I've ever had duck before, but it was good. I, you know, I sort felt sort of bad because I like ducks. I didn't want to eat one, but I did. Whatever. I like uh, horses too, but I didn't, I didn't want to eat a horse, but I did. Yeah. I ate frog's legs in austin texas and that made me feel kind of queasy really yeah it, it my professional courtesy <laughs> yeah it was kind of weird it was just and then i also had alligator in austin texas oh uh, how was that weird you know but i don't know i was young and i needed the money <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be going to Austin, Texas a lot. My boy just moved there, so uh, I'll be going there a lot too. That's where Covington lives. Oh, really? Well, he's he's out here half the time, and he's in Austin half the time. Nice. Mm-hmm. Austin's yeah. a great city. You know, the guy who bailed on us the time we were going to have him on the show, and he bailed. Yeah, yeah. what's up with that? Uh, because he's Covington, and he never does anything he says he's going to do. <laughs> Ask Kenzie. <laughs> we will ask him. So they should – I just sent him another email. Hopefully it went through. Okay. Cool. So, so anyway, yeah, if, any, if everybody doesn't know, Kinsey has a new record out, and, and uh, you know, he's been working on it quite a while, I guess. That's, that's so, cool. Yeah. So we'll talk to him about it. I'm sure he has lots of stories. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions about um, violin and stuff, you know, what he thinks of that. About what? violin, right? Kinsey? He's a violin player, right? No, he's a keyboard player. He plays keyboard. Oh, fuck. I've got all the wrong questions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just realized you were kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We've had him on the show. That's right. (laughs) A long time ago. Just like, okay, Scott, you're an idiot. (laughs) Well, that's all that's been going on with me, man. I can't think of anything else. Just sitting here practicing and learning. I will say one thing, man, you write stuff and you think it's going to be easy because you're punching in quarters two at a time, you know, seeing if you like it or not. Right. And then you're listening to it. And you go, yeah, OK, OK. And you work for a bunch of weeks writing a tune. And then you think, well, I made all these decisions. I decided to play all these chords and and everything sounds great. I'm happy with the song. Then you try to learn it and play it all the way through, and holy shit, <laughs> it's way harder than you thought it was going to be. So I've been working really hard on just trying to learn the music that I wrote, and my hands have to do all this shit that they've never done before, and that's hard, man, training your fingers to move in ways that they've never moved. That takes a long time. Jeez. Scott, I have three words for you, mate. C, F, and G. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> well, see, what I heard is the more chords you put to the music, the less money you make. So that's the way I'm going. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of going that direction. Hey, Bruce, so t- hi, when does when does your CD, It's is it officially out? Uh, you know, um, no. Officially, it, it it releases on October 17th, which just happens to be Barney Kessel's birthday. Wow, it's released on his birthday. Yeah. Cool. That's and, cool. And, oh, uh, we have and, a mer- Yep, Gary. So, and so, but, but I do have the advanced copies now, and I'm sending them out to the people who ordered them through kickstarter and if people want to kind of contact me through the internet and get them a signed copy i'm happy to give them one of the advance nice what tell tell the people for those people who have been in um the deep dark jungles of uh kazakhstan what are you doing in the deep dark jungles of nashville well i i did a project i don't know if everybody remembers that i got barney kessel's old guitar yeah and I decided to put together a project built around the instrument, the, the, those iconic pole winner sessions, which were the very first jazz guitar trio sessions, you know, guitar, bass, drums, pretty much ever. 
which of course changed the world. Um, and we decided to revisit them using actually the instruments owned by Ray Brown and Shelley Mann, who were the other guys who would back in the late fifties, won the downbeat and the playboy and playboy and metronome and Esquire polls every year. And so they just kind of, because they, they were on contemporary records that that was, they were all on that label. They put these trios together called the pole winners, which established the sound of guitar based drums as a rhythm section, like piano based drums, you know, right. before that guitar was generally like with vibes and bass or piano and bass or a rhythm guitar and a guitar player like George Barnes had. So um, Barney sort of established that. And we just kind of, revisited that idea with guys who had all been mentored by the original owners. I played with Barney, I played with Shelly, and I played with Ray, as has John Clayton and Jeff Hamilton. So it's like a family thing. And we just got their instruments out and made a record. And we um, got, some got some pictures and information from people who were involved in it and found out how they recorded. So we actually recorded the same way. You know, we didn't play their arrangements. We didn't transcribe anything. We just played the way we played. But we kind of revisited the concept from their point of view. Did yeah. you play the same tunes that they played? No, I didn't. No. All uh -huh. original. All original. No, not all originals. A number of originals of mine and a number of just standards, but none that they, I think one Green Dolphin Street, I think they did it, but we did it so different than they did it that it doesn't count. You know? Hey, Kinsey says he didn't get a link. I, I've got him here. I've, I'm ready to bring him in. Oh, there he is. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why that showed up on my phone. My phone's just late or something. I'm, tell him he, I'm about to bring him in, but I just want to, Bruce, what's the album called? The album is called Reunion. Reunion? Yeah. Bruce Foreman. With John Clayton and Jeff Hamilton. The, the subtitle is Revisiting the Poll Winners. We got John Koenig, who we had on the show, yep. um, to write the liner notes. His father owned Contemporary Records, and he actually took it over when his father died. So, yeah. and, and we have Jake Reed producing, who's like the next generation. Jake, uh, you know, who played in my band, uh, my Formanism trio and with Cowbop. And he's a great, also, besides being a great drummer, he's also a great studio guy. And so he was the perfect producer for it. What, and, you know, I, can we mention the, um, the CD release? Yes, please do. It's, it's on the 17th, right? On the 17th, which is Barney's birthday. Uh, it'll be noon California time, three o'clock Eastern, and of course eight in the UK and nine o'clock in Europe. We uh, can all watch it. It's streaming. Stream. It's, it's streaming. a live stream. Yeah, live stream. Is it free? Well, yeah, for the people. Just yeah, all they need to do is uh, I'll be posting the URL on Facebook, which we'll put on the Guitar Wing Facebook. Yep. I'll be sending out the URL. Yeah, any, and but there will be a donation. Yeah, you know, I if anybody wants to help out, because I mean, I'm going to do it with like three cameras and a sound engineer and probably edit it later into being a cool thing I can put on YouTube, too. So it'd be nice to get some help from folks to make that happen. Awesome. Well, we're going to definitely talk about that more in the coming episodes. We've got Scott Kinsey coming in. And who's Meredith? Uh-huh. She likes to be called Mayor. Mayor. Well, who's Mayor? Mayor's the singer.
for Kenzie's record. Oh, a vocalist. Uh-huh. A, a vocalist, thus professionals call them in the business. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's bring him in. Here comes Trouble. Mr. Scott Kinsey, are you there? Well, look. Well, there, who's that oh, girl Jesus. right there? Who is that pretty girl? <laughs> Who is Troy McLaughlin? I love that name. It's a, you should love that name. It's a good name. You should love it. Mayor, how you going? How's everybody doing? Hi. Good, Mayor. Mayor, I haven't seen you for ages. You look as beautiful as a little hamster. I haven't seen you either. I knew you were going to bring me on here to make fun of me. Oh, you look so pretty. And Kenzie, you look pretty too. I look pretty? Yeah. Kenzie, I Aww. think you're wearing the Kenzie, I think you're wearing the same shit you wore last time on the show. Oh, well, you know what? That's what I'm going for. I'm going for consistency because honestly, they don't know if we just recorded it or if recorded it like two years ago. That's right. So that's well, that's well. what I'm and I also want you to understand that I keep my shirts for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only guessing, yes. but I'll go back over the footage. But welcome, guys, to a guitar wank. This obviously is a massive highlight in your careers to be on our show. Um, <laughs> um, what? Gosh, is it over already? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming oh. during the pandemic. Absolutely. Oh, is it still it's still going? Okay, good. Oh, should I put? I'm sorry. Should I put on my mask? I, yes, please do. Yeah, yeah I, I don't really want to. <laughs> when you made us wait so long, we thought it might be a hazing. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's always the chance it's a hazing. No, we only do that to Covington. If Covington came on, it would be a hazing, but he's not on, yeah. so. So yeah. hey, so just as a, a formal disclosure, I do not play any guitar at all. I'm care. so relieved. I'm so you relieved because I don't know. You know, because you guys, you guys are finally, we get to interview somebody that's not a guitar player because all we talk to is guitar players and it's boring as fuck. I can tell you that. You know what? <laughs> that, that, I mean, how dull. I mean, come on, six strings. Yeah, right. It's I mean, so fucking boring. <laughs> God, who's on two episodes a year <laughs> says that too. <laughs> Yeah, he's on. He's on two episodes a year now. <laughs> yeah, Kinsey Warden seems to sit with him for a long time. You know. Uh, <laughs> mm. So, how are you guys? Are you guys good? Yeah, we're. I'm. I can speak for myself. I'm definitely good. How are where, you? Where now? are you, Scott? Well, I'm in Encino. I'm in my in, in my home in Encino. Mayor, where are you? You're in a TV studio because you got the beautiful <laughs> blurred background. I blurred I it because it's a bit. Crap, but I'm, I'm staying at my parents' house right now because they're out of town and I'm babysitting a poodle. And it's really creepy because every time every time I turn around, there's like this dog face staring <laughs> at me. It's like a horror movie. Where are you in Los Angeles too? Uh, right now I'm in Colorado just for like a for a week, you know, see my nice. daughter, hang out with the dog, and all right. So I'm in Nashville. So uh, that's. I don't know why I, ha I needed to tell you that, but I'm. I feel like oh, I no, I, Nashville I, I, accent. I can see. Yeah, I like. Uh, I like. Um, I like information, and especially information that I don't really need. <laughs> and that's why you're on the show because you have a new album. <laughs> I yes, we do, and we're really excited about it. Actually, and I want to tell you something. After our last time on this illustrious podcast, I thought to myself. I got to do something really special 
to get Bruce excited because, you know, I'm thinking, well, Bruce, you know, he's super into like, you know, Charlie Parker and all that. So I went, okay, let me write a record based around all those uh, structures, you know, and let me come up with something that will excite <laughs> Bruce. And I think I did it. I don't know. You tell me. Well, well, I'll tell you the truth. Um, I don't think you sent me that record, but the, uh. record, you, but the record you sent me, I really, really like it. I really like it. Your record really? is great. Yes. Wow. And, and at one point, it, you, the, the link you sent, sent me off to another place like like my phone like had a brain fart and i went that's why you like it because you heard a totally i went to other old kinsey records and i said wait a minute this isn't this doesn't sound at all like like why would he do two records that are so and we have one record that sounds like it's two records and then i went back and it had flipped over to another one of your records which was also great but completely different so i went back to it and started like where i remember it ending and then Oh, no. <laughs> it's like something weird happened, but I liked both of them. But your new <laughs> record, I enjoyed the hell out of that. Oh, I wow. really think it's great. I just wow. got to tell you, great job. Wow. I really appreciate that. Yeah, Kenzie. The whole thing twice. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. And I don't do that with my own records unless I'm forced to. Well, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> you know, that's well, more than the ones that is how. I only listen to the cut I'm on. Yeah, you you yeah, you you couldn't get past that. You kept. No, I listened to the cut I'm on, and I said, "Well, nobody else could possibly do better than that." So I just blew the rest of it off. Right, you were like, "Oh, that's just that's you know, <laughs> you know total what? perfection has been achieved." And I yeah, just, it's like, crazy. how can you get better than that? You know, it's just like <laughs> so I just blew the rest. And, and, of, and of course, you of course you did it early, right? <laughs> yeah. You well, know? yeah. You know, you had, you had to get, it's like, get rid of the, get rid of the parents early, you know what I mean? And move on to the fun, you know? <laughs> you know what's, you know what's weird? I have to say the one thing that, the first thing that I heard, and, and this was a thing that me and Kinsey talked about because on the very first tune, Kinsey's got me playing these really high notes. And, and he told me, he says, I didn't really mean for him to be that high because I guess he forgot that guitar readers, guitar reads in a different octave. So I learned them high and I was probably supposed to learn them low, but I ended up playing them really high and Kinsey liked it. And, and I was sort of thinking, aren't I stepping all over Mare's vocals? Cause I'm playing these really high notes on the guitar, but he, but they liked it. So they kept it. And yeah. it was like, okay, it is kind of interesting. Well, honestly, yeah. I didn't have the heart to tell you that it's an octave down. Right, and he doesn't have enough time for you to learn to read in an octave down. <laughs> right. I mean, that would have taken 10 more months. And I yeah. just didn't have that kind of time. Yeah, you know how I read. So you're right. About 10 months would have been about right. <laughs> he didn't want you to hate yourself. <laughs> it's okay. I'm getting over my self-hate. But no, <laughs> you know, after. After listening to it, I think it sounds really kind of cool. No, it really know? does sound cool. I, like I mean, having I really, a flute player play along with the vocalist. Yeah, but it's, it's I love very, very um, you know, it's specific. It's it's those you know particular counter lines, and you know, it's up high. But it, I think in the in the balance of the mix and everything, I think it's it came out great. Well, plus I always did want to be a flute player, and I just played guitar because I had to. But my main right. oh, no, it's because I told you never play an instrument that someone can shove up your ass. <laughs> <laughs>
That's good advice. That's Scott, good advice. Scott, so tell me, what is the album called and um, how did this all come about? How do you know Beautiful Mare here? What's, what, how does this happen? How does this all happen? Well, Why? the record, I have the copy of the record right here. It's called Adjustments. And it's Mare Saul and Scott Kenzie Adjustments. Nice. And, um, well, I met Meredith in the studio about a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. I had a session with Jimmy Haslip. And um, we were working on music for Carl Sterling. And he said, yeah, I'm bringing this uh, singer in from Colorado. And I, I kind of thought, well, why would you want to do that? <laughs> but, he, but he said, he was a dick. <laughs> but he said, just, just trust me, you know? So I, I just, I went, okay, well, I will, you know, because you know what you're doing. So anyway, I fast forward to the day of the session and I went in there and um, I met Meredith and I was so impressed by just what an incredible singer she is, you know, and um, and I knew I wanted to do something with her, but, you know, I didn't know how that would necessarily be possible. But, you know, we, we managed to um, to get together and um, yeah, we just took it from there. Meredith, you want to elaborate on that? It's way more complex than that. Yeah, I simplified it quite a bit. We, we managed to have a roaring affair and run away together. <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to. We didn't want to get too personal. But if you want, no, to, no, go no, for no. It. this is what we're waiting for. Okay. Oh, wow, wow. Spill the tea, girl. Spill the tea. <laughs> I think I already spilled it. <laughs> okay. Well, no, but we want more. <laughs> we want more. That's going to be a whole hour special. <laughs> oh it's, man! It's an hour to tell. Okay, well, good for you guys. And um, you know, the thing is, is that let, I'll just ask a question. Like when you're working with somebody that you are seeing, you know, I mean, that's got to be kind of like it's got its difficult times. And do you guys did was there any fighting and like fist fights or anything like that, or did she make you sleep on the couch like when she didn't like your chords? <laughs> yeah, I would play these chords, and she'd be like, "Out." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Come like, back when you've chord, written something good. You expect me to sing over that fucking chord? Yeah, you Just expect me to on the couch tonight, buddy. Yeah, and I'd be like, ah, oh, not again. So is this a Sunny and Cher kind of vibe I'm getting? <laughs> no, come on, no. No, he's so wonderful. Actually, like he's really the nicest man I've ever met. Uh, I could wow. tell you something really awesome. I got a bar. Got to eat a lot. <laughs> he liked to take me out, and we like to. I don't go to lots of restaurants and. I, I got him to join the gym and wow. uh, man, we go shredding and we're, we're besties in every way. Yeah. Well, that's actually true. We get along <laughs> great. Actually, we didn't really have any, any big fights. Any you know, big we didn't fights. have any fights actually, but you know, we just actually had a blast making it um, went super smoothly and we just had a great time. Well, let me ask mayor something mayor. I mean, you've probably worked with a lot of great musicians, of, of course, but, when you work with Kinsey and he's got this sense of harmony that's like otherworldly and he's playing all these like really interesting chords that are not what you would expect, you know, is it harder to sing over that kind of stuff? It, do, do you hear it? Like it's, you don't have a problem hearing that crazy shit that you're singing over. I, I don't have a problem hearing it. And I want to correct you. There's only been one really great musician I worked with oh, and that's okay. Scott Kinsey. Oh, well, then there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
Because I would, you but know, I mean, hearing like from Inner Harmony, I would have a hard time sometimes finding my place in the, in that harmony because it's hard, you know. Like there's a lot of changes, and they're kind of they're kind of crazy. Well, let me explain. I think some of it, like I had sing like a melody, and then he reharmonized what I did. Uh -huh. Like I had these really stupid singer songwriter chords underneath. And then he just like erased that and he put whatever he wanted. And I was like, oh, oh okay. that's cool. And like, <laughs> okay, it was like right. the biggest mind blow I'd ever had. He took me to the beach when he unveiled his first reharm and, and like we parked at sunset and he was like, hear this. And I was like, Phew. cool. You <laughs> blew up in the car. She blew literally up. blew up. I blew, man. I, I, it took me about it two and a half hours. The brakes went out of her ears. It took me yeah. a long time to clean that out of the car, but I, I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so how many, hold on, how many tracks on the album? There's 12 tracks. 12 tracks. We, we did, we did um, a lot of the songs that way. So she sang the vocal first, and then I just went back and kind of just went, I did whatever I wanted. But then sometimes we had to go back and replay it or re-sing it. And other times I just did a track and then she had to sing to that. Like, you know, Heart of Glass is pretty weird. And I mean, she sang to my track. She didn't sing. So, I mean, she can totally do it. Yeah. And, and now she's been working. Oh, sorry. What? Oh, you go first. Sorry. Well, now she's been working on like getting ready to, because we're going to actually play the baked potato on the 17th. October 17th will be our first gig. And so we're going to play all this music. So, you know, we've been working on it quite a bit and it's, it's all sounding really good. And wow. she's, Who's, who she's else coming. is playing Kinsey? Well, Novak's going to play drums. Uh, we just found that out today because we were going to have Gene Coy, but um, he's actually a little busy. So, and turns out Novak's schedule just opened up. So we're going to have Novak, Jimmy Earl. Oh, and, great. Uh, Toshi and Augie is going to play guitar. Oh, nice. Cool. We gotta get Toshi on. Toshi's great. Yeah, call him. Yeah, Toshi's awesome. Cool, yeah. man. Well, you know, we couldn't get Mister Scott Henderson. I know. Like, like you asked me. You never <laughs> asked me. You know, you after the, the after the half an hour of you telling me how you'll never play at the baked potato. I mean, I know. No, that no. Changed, you know, I changed my mind about that. I know that just know. changed, but you yeah. were really adamant about it. So I was like. There's no well, way. You know what? I really, I really was under the wrong impression that Justin was letting in people unvaccinated and unmasked. And I thought that was dangerous in a small, in, in a club that small. So mm -hmm. no, I didn't want to play there if that was the situation, but I talked to him and he said, that's not the situation. He's checking for vaccine cards. And, um, I mean, it's a restaurant. You got to eat. So the mask thing you got to deal with. Off. I mean, you're playing in a restaurant. So yeah. the mask got to come off when you eat and drink. Mm -hmm. That's the nature of bars. But and I don't think I don't think people really want to wear masks. It doesn't seem like they want to wear them anymore. No, but you know what? If you're vaccinated, at least you got a better chance of, you know, yeah. you uh, stand you, it's it's like I think there's at some point you've got to say, look, I need to work. Yeah. And if at least you can get the, the, the place you're working in to agree to uh, requiring people, only vaccinated people in, that's a big, big start, you know, right. and I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm yeah. willing to go play. I, I, I can't afford to say, well, I'm not going to play a gig until this COVID thing is completely over because that's going to be <laughs> three years from now. <laughs> yeah, if it's ever really completely over. Yeah, if it's ever over. Right. So, so you know, what, whatever. I'm glad you guys are working. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're excited about it too, because, you know, we've been waiting a long time. So 
Just like so everybody. Where did you guys redo all the recordings for this? Well, we did a lot of it in my studio right where I am now. We did a lot of it also in Colorado because we were together during the pandemic when you couldn't see anybody. Right. So we were, you know, we were doing a lot of it wherever we were. So we either here or Colorado. Nice. And then I just sent tracks to other people. I sent tracks to Henderson. I sent tracks to Pedro or different people, and they recorded and sent it back. I love what Pedro played on the acoustic stuff that he did. It's so beautiful. It's some of the most beautiful shit ever, man. I sound like fucking Steve Lukather. That's some beautiful shit. <laughs> remember i told best you I him, impression i've ever seen i remember yeah, i met him at dante's that one time and he said hey scott man how's it going this is my this is my girlfriend cindy isn't she beautiful and shit <laughs> i said yeah you are such a class act dude class act isn't she beautiful and shit yeah but anyway uh what was what were we talking about i lost it i'm drunk Re- <laughs> recording so um but did you end up mixing the album as, as well, Scott? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. I'm, you know, I kind of you do just it all. Do everything, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, I actually know what I want it to sound like, so I kind of need to do it all. He masturbates it too. Yeah, I masturbated it too. And um, um, what what are you working in? Are you a Pro Tools guy or um, digital performer? Actually, Oh, DP. Yeah, I've been working with DP ever since it was just P. <laughs> since it was urine yeah since back when it was urine i i started working with it then and i'm still working with it now i also work with ableton live or whatever i need to to, to use but i in the studio i tend to use performer and i love it basically yeah. Yeah. kenzie's the guy i call when i've got digital performer problems and i know how to do something so i call him and say kenzie how do you do this and then he hangs up yeah that's that's all that ever happens i just go like I just set the phone down and hope that he keeps talking for like 20 minutes. <laughs> he does. So what, tell me, what's the plan? What's the, Scott, what's the plan nowadays with like getting the album out, getting the, the like distributing and all that? Are you trying to get a lot of sales, sales or is it more about, you know what, we're going to tour this album and just get out there and do a bunch of stuff like that when it's possible? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope to be able to tour, but I don't know what to expect. Um, right. You know, in the meantime, we just we released it on Blue Canoe Records. Um, I've done a couple records with them in the past, like the the Arc Trio and a few other things I'm associated with were on that. So I just decided to go ahead and uh, use a label. So we we just released it um, a week ago, Friday, right? Uh, with them, and we, you know, actually I decided to hire a publicist this time too. Well, Mayor and I decided, and um, um, so. We hired a publicist and we hired somebody else to do radio. So we've, we're trying to cover the basis with that as much as I know. I don't really know what I'm doing necessarily, but I feel like that's kind of what you need to do. So right. And w- what- when people say, well, what's, what's, what's the album? Like, what's the vibe of the album? What do you, what do you tell people nowadays? Um, well, I mean, it's for people that don't know you, Scott, when they go, Oh, I, great. You got a new album. So what do you guys sound like? You guys, you two vibe or where are you guys at? Christian um, Mark. Christian yeah. I would Rock. say, I would say, imagine the Oak Ridge boys, Oak Ridge boys. combined <laughs> together with like, and I want to say weather report. No, Scott Henderson. 
Yeah, Oak Ridge Henderson, boys, you know, Henderson. Oak Ridge boys, Henderson, a little Bruce uh, thrown in there. No, um, yeah, I well, don't know. That's such I, a hard I, question, right? It's always I a hard question to describe your music so people are interested, right? I don't really think of it as um, any one particular thing. I know what I would call it. I would just call it sort of like progressive pop. Yeah, you in know, a way, that's kind it, of... It's pop because there's a singer yeah. and there's lyrics, but it's progressive music. It's not commercial, but it, it's like progressive pop. And I can think of like other people that... Not, I'm not trying to compare you guys to anybody, but Esmeralda... What's her name? Esperanza. Esperanza. Esperanza Spalding. <laughs> and, and maybe Nora Jones is doing a little bit something's a little bit similar i don't think the harmonies is complex but it's and even joni mitchell you know right had, i mean yeah. those, joni mitchell she's we, closer we, to prog pop yeah she, yeah we we like all those yeah. people yeah like so, them. yeah i don't know what they call that music either but whatever it is it's a female vocalist and great harmony and and it, there's an element of yeah, it's, it's kind of sophisticated um sophisticated guess, pop, pop kind of yeah it's in that realm. Sophisticated pop. Sophisticated pop. Dude, you realize hey. how money you guys could make if you toured as a duo? You could make so much fucking money. I mean, I know you don't want to play left-hand bass, and I know you don't want to do that, but if you did all your loops and had some programs to do the bass for you and stuff, Dances. You, duo, Dances. you would make so much money, man. I mean, you would you would make money. Stop going out with five people and, 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 and giving all your money away, Kenzie. Uh. <laughs> I go to you see Kinsey at the baked potato. He's got like eight guys on stage. And That's I'm like, never ever happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never happened. I know. What it's about, just it's just four. What about you, man? What, what would um are you you're looking forward to getting out to tour this album? And obviously, the baked potato gig will be a fun one. Yeah, I mean, I what's that? Are you excited? Yeah, I am excited. I want all of it. I want the world, whatever the fuck I can have. <laughs> Whatever's cool with Kinsey and with me. Right. It's cool with both of us and, and we'll do that. Mm. And I guess one of these times we'll invite Henderson to play. Once we forgive him. Well, for he'll he'll, he'll definitely say no. He'll turn us down, but we'll ask him. He'll turn you down. <laughs> he'll do one song. <laughs> well, I, I no, I I was happy to play on the album, and it was really fun. And I dug the tune, and uh, you know, it was. I I hope I added to it. I know I played some crazy shit, but, but I um, I love it. I think it's incredible. It's yeah, amazing. I don't know really how you fun. come up with that. You know, it's just it's it's just so much fun to get. I mean, I kind of gave up the whole session scene because nobody was sending me anything that. Not only was it not fun to play on, but it was miserable to play on. And and I don't think anybody sent me anything for a long time that I've really like, oh, this is going to be fun. You know, so and your your tune was like, oh, wow, I finally get to play some good music here. So I was happy. Well, it, you know, I think it's um, it's it's maybe interesting that like we're all like nobody's playing long solos or anything like that. And it's just a different approach to hear from you because we tend to hear, you know, we hear you play long. They jerk off long solos. Like I always do. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I'd say that. 
But yeah, yeah I, do, I do the jerk I off a lot. For you guys, because I just made a record too, and, okay. uh, and it was, of course, not like yours. It was more of a blowing record, but still, yeah, I feel that the whole experience of the last year and a half has made me more like wanting to hear shorter wanting to play and hear shorter pieces right succinct you know I mean, do, do you, think, you think that, that i mean i and i'm kind of in my mind basically chalking it up to the experience of the last year and a half of being home and everything's on the internet maybe we're a little bit more inclined to like move on to the next thing quicker because like we're not in the room captured by the magic of of the live experience you know what i mean so you're I think that kind of makes your ability to really hold concentration. I mean, do you agree with it? I mean, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm, am I making yeah. sense? No, you're I. Totally, you're totally making sense, Bruce, because I feel yeah. the same way. Yeah. You know, I've got I've got four new tunes to bring to the band, and I'm not going to get rid of any of the tunes we're playing. I'm just going to make them shorter. You know, so that we can play ten tunes a night instead of six tunes. And just shorten them up. We don't have to play these long solos on every tune. So but maybe once we get yeah. in front of people, that will all change again because you know the the magic in the room, the the connection. Yeah. You know, the the, we, we, we're on a beam and we're all like working together, and you don't want to break it. You know what I mean? But you're in a studio, you don't have the audience, or you're in the computer and you don't have the audience, and so you're naturally get to the point and get the fuck out of here. I mean. Right. And I know that really affected Mike because because at one point we had one tune I was playing. I was like, I, I don't want to have this extra chorus here, you know. And like John Clayton said to me, he says, why not? You know, it's like I was I had no reason except for like there's this, you know, this like sort of COVID oriented connection to music now. That like, God, I'm looking for the. I'm in the U. I mean, I'm already in YouTube, and I'm in the like the little sidebar looking for the next thing to listen to. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what? I'm I'm not even talking about recording. I'm talking about live too. I well, just think it's a better what I'm exactly not talking about. Well, know? I was talking about live because I just think it's a better show when you play more tunes. You know, I just rather hear like if I'm going to hear somebody play, I'd rather hear them play ten songs than play six songs with really long solos. That's just my personal taste. And I'm, and I'm thinking that sometimes, especially in a guitar trio where I'm soloing on every single tune, mm. I'm like, I think I'd rather play 10 tunes and play 10 different solos than play six really long solos. I, I, I just feel that way right now. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe I'll change my mind when we start right, playing. Right. Like, I think that's a COVID-oriented thing. I, mean, I think we've all are, you know, I mean, and to expect and expect an experience like we've just gone through for the last year and a half yeah. and how much longer we're going to continue to go through for expect that not to have changed us. It's really sort of short sighted. I mean, yeah. like nine 11 happened in one day and look how much change. Yeah. But, you know, I just remember seeing a Stevie Ray Vaughn concert one time and they played so many songs, you know, they played like about 20 songs and the solos were relatively short. But and I think he stretched out on maybe two tunes. But the thing is, is I left there, and it was the same thing when I heard Jeff Beck. And I know this isn't jazz, but 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 so you don't expect big, long, drawn out solos. But I'm just saying they played so many cool songs, and I sort of felt like 
I did not miss like guitar solos. Like I didn't miss it at all. I, I, I really enjoyed that they played a bunch of tunes. Hey, Scott, you know? I don't know if we can actually say that on the podcast legally. What? Being guitar wank. I, think, I don't think you can say that. We have oh. to exalt guitar solos, otherwise there'll be rap solos. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Hey, are you guys going to play the whole album at the Baked Potato? Yeah, I think all except maybe one tune, but we're going right. to play most of it, yeah. Nice. So, I mean, and again, it really depends on how long the set ends up being. I mean, we're not going to stretch anything out too much, um, if at all. A little bit, maybe, just to let solos be whatever length they want to be. But other than that, we're, we're going to keep it very much, you know, tight. Hey, Mayor, what's your background as a vocalist? All right. I, um, well, I've sung every style of singing you can sing. I've gone to every style of teacher. I was in a Broadway conservatory for kids. I went to college to study performing arts. Um, I started a rock and roll band. I picked up the bass because I didn't get a bass player. I played the bass in front of a band and just traveled and toured and toured the country for like a decade um, and then I met Scott Kinsey on accident and had no idea who he was or what he could do. And we met in the studio <laughs> through Jimmy Haslip and, um, yeah. What, um, you know, Mary plays bass on like three or four tunes, right? Yeah. She's on two tunes. On two. Yeah. On two. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Thank I thought it was more of it. Yeah. Three. That's oh, a big yeah. compliment. I mean, she could have played, she could have played the whole album, but you know, I just want to bring, you know, all my friends into it. And, you know, I, I don't want, I didn't want her to, again, Henderson, you'll completely disagree with this, but I didn't want her to have to think about all the bass and all that crazy stuff that I'm writing up for bass and just concentrate on vocals. Why would I disagree with that? That makes sense. Well, because you keep telling me to, to, to take a duo or a trio on the road. No, but I'm saying she doesn't have to play bass. You, you, she can just sing and you can program the bass. And then I could wear a bass necklace. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, or you could take a bass player and a trio. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just yeah. talking from my own experience. You play with, a you know, I hear you. I hear you. What's that? When you go out there with a quartet, it's just hard to make money with a quartet. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard to make I know money. what you're saying, Scott, because I yeah. used to make money hand over fist with my trio. Yeah. You know, trio is what bought my house. I'm telling you. Yeah. Hmm. It's trio, trio. It's just, you can't believe how much more you make when there's not a fourth person, another flight, another hotel room. It's just digs in and you just end up not making much money. And I'm not saying I went played trio just so I could make more money. I like playing trio. It's fun. I do miss playing with keyboards. I miss playing with Scott. I miss playing with guys like Steve Tavaloni and great saxophone players, but there's no way I could do a tour uh, quartet and expect to bring home any money. It just doesn't work. Here's a, a business model I've thought of doing is you pick up a different rhythm section in each major city. I guess a lot of guys do that, right? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think we would, but. Honey, I've no, been but, doing that for 50 years. Yeah. Oh. Well, and and how does it work out? How does it work out? Well, here I am. Well, you made it. You lived. There he is. Bro. But, but then again, here I am. So you decide. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mayor, for all our um, all our listeners out there, what advice would you give to um, anyone who wants to become a better singer? What 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 advice would you give as a pro pro singer? Well, 
I've been reviewing this new company called Singdaptive. Singdaptive. And I suggest everybody check out Singdaptive. Um, they, they had me come in as an endorsee and reviewer. And um, basically, it's a really revolutionary way of teaching now. So there's a few instructors in there, and they service many people really fast. You get one, you get one main instructor, and they send you these little videos. They say, hi, I'm Adam. Today, I want, you to talk, I want to talk about you know, our vowel shapes. And then he sends you a little video and he says, send your video back. And then you send yours back and then he custom tailors his response to you. And it's like custom responses. And uh, you can learn an hour lesson in like 15 minutes. Wow. It, it makes regular lessons look like a joke. So yeah, check that out. Singdaptive. Sing, singdaptive. Mm-hmm. Nice. We'll check that out. Thank you. Are you looking to become a better singer? Always looking to become a better singer. <laughs> I had, coach, I had a singing coach tell me I was a lost cause. Really? Yeah, it was great. How old were you? I was like, 55. Okay. Well, 58. why would he tell you that? That's bizarre. It's great. It's great. Sing me a little something, Bruce. No, but, no, but she, she was really cool because, like, I sing comedy songs. Yeah. And, I th- and I'm pretty good at it, you know. Mm-hmm. But she said, if you, if you start worrying about your singing, it's going to mess up all the whatever you have good going and just oh. let's face it you're kind of old now and you ain't got much of an instrument don't worry about it just keep going <laughs> okay so i i pointed out to her i said so what you mean is i'm a lost cause and she said yeah let's say you're a pretty good or okay singer but like you haven't sung in a year because you're like haven't toured and you know your band broke up or you're in a pandemic right. that was me i didn't sing for like two years other than this record and wow. then like you know a month ago we were like oh we're gonna book the release show and i was like sing again so it i really recommend you go and talk to another singer that knows as much as you or more than you go go get a lesson and just say man i can't remember the basics and just get a run through again, whether it's your guitar playing, your singing, your keyboard playing. Man, what do you do to warm up your vocals? Like when you're about to do a session or a live show, do you have a, a, a regimen that you do or what do you do? I do. You know, a lot of it's stuff that I learned as a teen when I studied with a Broadway star, but it's really silly sounding shit. Like if you want to do one with me, it's a lip trill siren. Like, yeah, yeah, I, you I go know. from the bottom of the top back down, and you sound ridiculous. Yep. But there's a really cool one I just learned. If what, this what isn't is too much for your car, folks. No, no, um, let's have it. Let's have it. So you know you have a, you have a chest voice, and a head voice. So like you can practice talking in all of those voices. You have two voices basically, and you can uh, consciously decide when when to shift into either one. So I could be like, hey, how are you? Or I could be like, hey, how are you? And then I could do it at different notes. I like the second one better. Hey, how are you? Why why did we all glaze over like that? Why did we just suddenly glaze over like that? I I don't know why. Because we were talking about non-guitar shit and they were not interested. All I had to do was tighten my belt to do that. (laughs) Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? 
how are you? Hey, how are you? You know, so and so you can sing in these two voices. It's right. so amazing. So you don't necessarily always have to be singing. It's um, it's just how you talk as well, right? It's all yeah. I remember yeah. when I when I was at um, years ago, I went to a vocal instructor, and they said if I wanted to sing higher, I should start talking. Say like like generally start talking higher, like Michael Jackson. Mickey Mouse. Right. And is that an actual thing? I, I thought he was full of shit, but that's. I okay. tell male students that all the time. I'm like, so your your head voice for a guy sounds a little bit like Mickey, but then you can also pull back and make it a breathy Mickey. Like, you know, Mickey at 4 a.m. <laughs> I like that. And also I, I recently did a, a, a vocal course um, and they were talking about like just copying other singers and just mm. trying to get down, like really nail just a phrase of theirs and try and get as close as you can to that, which I kind of feel like a lot of people do that anyway, but I didn't associate that with learning how to sing for some reason. But I guess that's like with any instrument, we're always copying people we really like and love. Why would sure. you do that with the vocals, right? We're always copying Scott Henderson. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's the last guy you want to copy. You, you've heard my playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Mia, your, your voice on the album, it's just so, it's so rich and it's so full, you know, like, you know, it's, it's like one thing when you know you can sing, okay, this girl can sing, and that's great, and it's wonderful to have the ability to sing, but you've also got God-given pipes. You know what I mean? They're just part of what you've got naturally, and your voice is so beautiful. It's so big, and, and, and it's just gorgeous. You know, Thank just, you. you've got a great voice, and it's just really, I don't know, I mean, I don't hear that all that often. There's there's a few singers where I, I really love their voice. Beyonce's one of them. I just love her voice. Mm -hmm. You know, doesn't really matter what she sings. I just love the tone of her voice. And and you've got that going. You've got that beautiful tone. It's really nice. I agree. Thank you. And I can't wait to do better. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what we all say. I got a question for Kenzie. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've asked you this before, but you know, it's been a while. But you know, you've got these tunes and, and, and there comes a point where you know that the harmony's done and you know that it's basically done, like as far as the composition. Yeah. But then you really go the extra mile and you import all these just unexpected events into the music. You know, like like they could be weird sounds. They could be just different timbres. They could even be. I remember me and you talking about that Wayne tune where Joe just played a foghorn for some unknown reason, right, but right. it made the tune. It's incredible. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? And you're so good at that. It's like you know you're listening to the music, and all of a sudden you hear a sound that's just coming out of nowhere, but it just complements the music so much. And I don't, I don't know what you're thinking about when, you know, I try to do it with my, myself, though I have a much more limited palette than you do because I'm just using pedals and oh. guitar plugins. But I think that makes it interesting, though, because it is all guitar and you're doing really, I think, incredible stuff with the guitar, too. Honestly. Well, I'm, I'm trying, but I'm just, I, what I mean to say is you've got such a bigger palette because since, oh my God, what can't they do? They got everything. You've got every sound known to man at right. your fingertips. And how in the world do you decide? 
It's like kid in a candy store. You've got a million yeah. things you could choose it's from. Weird. It's weird. It's weird. Tone. Do you scroll? Sometimes I scroll a little bit if I'm just looking for something, but I don't know what it is. I mean, other times it's just one of my sounds that I kind of go to, you know. Um, but that's the problem. You don't ever want you don't ever want it to be in that Nam show uh, thing where it's just like a boatload of sounds that don't mean anything. Right. You know, I hate that. I hate that. And Didn't uh, I we don't used ever to always to... call it that in tribal tech. We did. That was our that always was call it. It that. Like when we would hear an album that sounded like that, we would go Nam show. Yeah. And right? then we smash it under the van tire. Yeah. And then we would put it under the van tire and smash it to pieces. Or we would throw it out the van window. Yeah, we would throw it out the window, and, and then, go. Their, then they would. We would plaster their the album cover on the inside yeah. of the van, right? And of course, we can't show anybody that picture. We have. We actually have that picture. <laughs> it's incredible. But yeah, that was one of our favorite tribal tech things to do: is listen to CDs that people give us. And we would literally have a box. Yeah, we have a box of CDs, and we would literally go like, "Wow, this is what we have to listen to," and then, you know, yeah, we, <laughs> follow through stopped, with our ritual. You know, yeah, when we stopped to eat, we would put them under the tire of the van, and then turn the left wheel left and right, and just <laughs> crush it into dust. Yeah, but I, I remember I was, I was one I of those people. That. I gave you one of my CDs back then. No, we no, we love your CDs. <laughs> no, but you know, you crushed me, dude. No, but no, no. We love. I'm trying to make it. But that's the thing I'm I'm asking. Like <laughs> you know, there's. It seems like there's a fine line between really tasteful, well thought of sounds and, like you said, the Nam Show syndrome. I right. just think it comes and down you, to like what's your just your you know your taste you know I don't yeah, know how yeah, else yeah. it is it's, it's just like it's, it's just yeah it's just um, what because I know right away if I like it or if I don't like it so I don't what really is, need what does Scott use what do you use Scott what's your favorite go to kind of keyboard or gear um, that you... I I'm using a lot of plugins these days what's, so for piano I mean like AU plugins for the computer. So right. I'm using like for piano, I'm using Keyscape almost every time. For Rhodes, okay. I use this thing called Scarby, and I think it's the best one I've ever heard. Wow! Um, and um, so those two bread and butter sounds are covered with plugins. And then um, for exotic things, I mean, I just go to whatever you know. I might use the Prophet, or th this is another Prophet I have. Uh, I've got two. You know, I I know I just. I, I just I'll, I'll look through a few sounds like this one. There's so many sounds in this, and so many samples, and so many everything that you could spend days. And you know, I mean, you'd come up with so many possibilities. So I just go through until I find one and I record it. That's actually my my technique. Actually, is I'll record about six passes of myself just goofing around on a different synth patch. And when I get bored, I just change it. And when I get bored, I just change it. And I just keep changing it. Sometimes I know what sound I'm going to call up. Sometimes I have no idea. And I just play it a little bit. And then I listen back and I'll edit it. So I'll just get rid of all of this, get rid of that. I'll keep one note, get rid of this. Oh, I like that little bit. Keep that little bit. And then I'll go through the next track and I'll, I'll just go through and I'll find it. Often they don't play at the same time. Mm. So it seems like, you know, you're, you're getting, kind of a cool performance with lots of different sounds but it's you know lots of different 
passes. Lots of different passes. Yeah. Right. You know, no. I've, I've seen other guys, I've seen Joe do that a million times where he just goes through a tune and he just improvises through it. Yeah. And then, and then, and then he goes on another track and just improvises through the whole thing again and again and again and again. Right. Keeps what he likes. And then just keep the little bits that you like. And I, yeah. I don't know if I, I have no idea if I came up with that or if I got it from Joe, but um, that makes total sense. That's, that's, he got that's it from you. I, so. Yeah. He, he got it from me. Yeah. So, so when when you're when you're doing that, I mean, of course, the, each sound's going to make you play a different way. So you're going to totally. play a completely different. Totally. It's going to put you in a different mood with every right. different sound you right. use. And some of them are just you hate it. It's like, oh, what's that? You know, I'll just go to the next thing. But I'll always find like little moments that I didn't even necessarily hear at the at the time I played it, but that were really cool. Maybe just the sound of the sound switching. I even like sometimes or just little peculiar moments that for some reason happened that way by accident. And I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll clip those little bits out. And keep yeah. I sort of look at it like, I sort of look at it like, I mean, this is a dumb analogy, but like if someone put, if someone put a thousand dollar bottle of wine on the table versus a hundred dollar bottle of wine, I would have no idea which one is the thousand dollar bottle of wine. Cause I don't know shit about wine, but if given me a couple years, to getting drunk on wine sooner or later, I would be able to tell, you know, and Probably I swear, how I am with guitar players. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, so I figure it must be the same with sounds. Like after a while, you just get this sense of what's hip and what's not. Right. You know? I think that's true. I think, yeah. Experience, I mean, it's, and it's just, it's just, you know, context and the song and all that stuff plays into it. And, um, and I guess you could say the same thing about harmony. I guess, yeah. Because, you know, you don't want it to sound, your chords, they never sound random. There's always a logic to it. You know, there's always, it always sounds logical. No matter how undiatonic it is, it still sounds logical. Whether Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. could mention some names that me and you don't want to mention, but you know who we're talking about, who write songs with a lot of chords in them and not one of one of those chords belong next to the other one yeah kanye west <laughs> that'll teach him me, yeah. me and Lindsay are talking about specific people that we know that always send us their albums and you listen to them and you just go what the fuck because because they've well, got dozens of chords but not one of them makes sense going to a, the other one. Oh yeah <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, And it's like, okay, so whatever that experience is, they don't have it. (laughs) Basically. I guess. Yeah. What's Scott, what's your whole, what's your whole thought process with harmony when you're coming, when you're, when you're arranging a song or anything like that, do you have, do you have a a go-to kind of vibe you do, or you just sort of just go run with it? No, I just I just dive in and go. Okay, well, hopefully I'll get something this time, and I, I work on it for a while. And you know, sometimes it'll start to happen, and I'll go like, okay, I got a you know few good bars. Or other times, I just I can't get into it, so I just leave it alone. I come back to it later. You know, don't you feel just, like a certain amount of it is damage control? Like like I always say when someone asks me that question, I always say, well, there's a lot of damage control in, involved because you might play something. You don't, there's parts of it that are really good, yeah. but there's parts of it that bug you, but you don't want to just throw the whole thing in the trash. Right. So you come back later and you right. fix shit that you don't like. Right. And maybe I, I, there was I, just only two chords you didn't like, but you replace those and all of a sudden it sounds All of a great. sudden, you're, 
I've experienced that exact same thing. Yeah. There's just a couple of chords where I'm like, Oh, that's, that's bad. Yeah. And I'll fix those chords. And then the whole thing makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly what, how I do it. I mean, it's like you, you just luck out and find the chords that bridge the good chords together. You know, you build bridges basically, Mm -hmm. you know, like you got a really nice section here. You got a really nice section here and you build a bridge between them. You know, you know, that song, um, you know that song by Wayne, the Three Marias, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. I've the, I it's a it's when I teach composition, so you know on on in my lessons. So when guys ask me, show me some examples of bridges. What's a bridge? You know, and mm-hmm. I can. It's such a great tune to show because you got the first part that goes ba ba da 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 da. Then it switches chords. And then, you know, it goes back and there's that section. Then there's the next section that goes, right? And they're two completely different sections. And I'm going like, okay, if you try to play those two sections, one right after the other, it doesn't work. It sounds terrible. And I'm sure he experienced that because he probably tried it and it doesn't sound good, right? So he went, uh da 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 then he goes to that section right and those three chords are the bridge that that makes those sections sound so awesome you you know what i'm saying right that's that's you know that's yeah it's it's that (laughs) ever yeah that's my little example sometimes that i give my students when they they hear that they go okay i see how that works Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Mayor, when you when you write, are you writing on acoustic or piano or acoustic? Like- <laughs> Whatever instrument I can sort of figure out that day, because I'm really not great at instruments other than maybe bass and a little piano. But um, I'm I'm kind of one of those people that just gets lucky sometimes. I can do the basic and come up with something under me, so I sing in tune and then try to play it in time. And and now I have tools that. Scott introduced me to like Motu. I have the DAW. I've learned Digital Performer, and I'm so lucky, mm. Scott, that I get to live with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mayor, when you were doing that band, you know, that you were in for such a long time, you were actually playing an instrument and singing at the same time, right? That's right. Yes. What were you playing and singing? Bass. But I heard yeah. you had also had a kick drum. Oh. oh yeah for the towards the end the last year our drummer quit so then my guitar player was like hey i have an idea like let's play the drums ourselves with our feet and i'm like but okay so you were singing playing bass and and playing a kick drum with your foot kick drum. that's so fucking cool <laughs> you know like that's it's harder than it looks well i bet it is you know i i'm telling you man as a guy who just plays guitar and can't sing a note I just don't know how you guys do it, how you sing and play different rhythms at the same time. It just blows my mind. I mean, you know, Covington's a guy who always was amazing because, you know, he's playing the drums, he's playing one beat or he's playing these really complex beats and he's singing rubato while he's playing these beats. And I'm like, that must be really hard. uh, I mean, I've always really admired people that can do that, who can play an instrument like a bass where you're playing all these rhythms and you're singing different rhythms and you're able to do that. That takes, that's, that's a real talent that. I don't know how you split your brain. 
you got to have a split personality or something. You're I don't know. both like that. You're both like that. You hit pedals while you're playing guitar and, and you're good with the <laughs> That's a lot easier. <laughs> and, and Scott can play the tensor. It's that pedal that goes. Yeah, I have a tensor. He's vocoder and he's yeah. doing left hand bass. And like Scott's an octopus. And, and Bruce <laughs> Foreman is great. Well, you know, all I can do is like tell a story while I'm playing over giant steps. That's kind of lame. You can tell a story? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, do it all the time. I haven't heard you do that. During the Trent guitar show. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. wow. Heard it. Troy's heard it. They know. Yeah. yeah. If you're telling a story and you're playing giant steps, are you soloing on giant steps? Or are you yes, just yes, on? yes. I'm soloing, on, soloing on giant steps. So that's how well you know the song. Like, you know the song so inside and out. That you that it's literally automatic almost or something. There's I don't know how much how anything you, I can do, I can do that with. Well, Bruce, oh. anything oh. I can play, I can do that with. Yes, giant can sing, in that canon of everything I know. Yeah. Wow. Can you sing box canon in six eight over giant steps? I couldn't sing box six eight if it was in seven eight. <laughs> it's not even box, is it? Even if you gave me another eighth note, I still couldn't do it. <laughs> really man I'd, I'd probably bargain for like 13.8 because i still couldn't do it you know oh, so it, by the way is this uh video gonna be shown like as a video or is it no it's all audio unfortunately because mayor really brings up our our actually our we, yeah I, I was thinking we should this is the one video that we should put out because this is the only time guitar wank looks decent yeah right well we have, <laughs> we have a lot of help I'm so glad of- you all rose to the occasion. <laughs> Dude, we appreciate that you, uh, whatever you did for this, you know, bring brought our brother. A little bullshit in my hair, and I go, and I think men oh, can do cool. it too. Me too. Hair Me too Maybe we can get an endorsement. Yeah, hair <laughs> products. That's the next level. Sorry about all the endorsements today. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's all good. They're never going to call you again, though, after they know you've been on our show, though. We came on to just basically bring your career down to our level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't I, I, just, lost, I lost three endorsements after the last time I was on. We <laughs> <laughs> had it coming though, right? Oh yeah. 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 They just brought us on and make fun of us, didn't they? <laughs> when when was the last time you were on? I'm not doing a very good job of that. Uh, a couple years ago, I guess. Two, three years ago, maybe more. I don't know. Pre-COVID. I can't keep track, you know. It was pre-COVID. I'm impressed that you're still doing it. I'll just put it that way. Well, at least two of you are. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I come on from time to time. Scott's like a guest on his own show. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Like in his own band. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Guest in my own band. (laughs) So are you yeah, guys man. signing copies, signing every copy you uh, send out, or where did we get these CDs? Well, um, CD Baby, Amazon. I'm selling them. You can get them on Apple Music. Well, you, I mean, physical CDs I'm selling. Um, I think you can get some from Blue Canoe, um, and then you can buy downloads a lot of places. You know, right. Anywhere yep. you can get downloads, you can get the record. So no music video? No, we did. We did. We put what well, we made three so far. Oh and wow! We've, we've put one out, and um, now that brings up another whole wonderful uh, thing because <laughs> Scott Henderson recorded for us <laughs> in our video. Wow! Really? We haven't we yeah, haven't put it, this like one out. Shut the fucking gate! So we're halfway. We're 
I'm nearly at the end of the show, and now you're telling me there's a music video with Scott in it? Yes. Get and not the- only that, fucking he, really, he really brought it to the next level, let me tell you. <laughs> um, primarily with the leaf that he's playing his uh, right hand with. Uh, he's So innovative. Yeah, it's very, I mean, I think all your young students are going to go like, holy shit, that's how he does it. <laughs> he plays with the leaf. You know, he went to the tree and he grabbed a leaf. And he's, where, where do we find this music video? This is what I'll be spending the rest of the night doing. We haven't released that one. But oh, it's not released. Okay. Not yet, but soon. And then, so we made three and we put out one. That's not the one we put out so far, but right. we'll get to that soon. Are you well, going to put out the, the one with me in it? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's the video that's out now that we can all see that our listeners can go see right now? It's called Seroquel. And um, Seroquel is, well, do we find it on YouTube? It's a mental drug that people use to fall asleep. And if they abuse it, they get seizures. (laughs) Wow. Can I tell you that when they came over to shoot the video with me, I was sort of telling Kinsey, because they said, wear black. So I wore black, black pants, black shirt. And I had a pink guitar, my pink sir, and they wanted to shoot it out in the front yard. And I said to Kinsey, I said, well, let's just make this really fun. So I grabbed the leaf off the tree and I made sure that like when the, 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 the guitar solo was playing something really slow, I played really fast all up and down the neck. Fast. I just like was playing like above the nut where, <laughs> you know, like, way up. on the headstock. Right. And I was sort of just making kind of a, a comedy thing. I thought, it, let's have some fun. And then I asked Mayor, so, so I hope this is okay. What's this song about? And she says, oh, this song's about suicide. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like, will you please tell Mayor that I'm really sorry? That I didn't know. Well, yeah. I mean, and I kind of thought serious. it came I made out into my good. second music video. You know, the first one was with Chick Corea, and that didn't go over so well. So well, I really, I got to tell you, I really liked the sport coat. The blazer. Oh, yeah. You know, that was the highlight of my career, that Chick Korea video, man. That's the highlight yeah. of my career. And I, I didn't know you could this dance. Top until that I easily. Yeah, I yeah. think this might top it. This will top it for sure. Yeah. So and that by the way, in that video, I was pantomiming a, a uh, another guy's solo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't your solo. wasn't my solo. Van Halen? It was solo, so. Yeah. yeah, it was a Van Halen solo. <laughs> he's actually a really good guitar player. So it was actually doing me justice that I pantomimed him solo because he's better than me. So, oh, really? It all, he worked out good for me. Isn't it Carlos Rios? Yeah, it's Carlos. Oh, yeah, it's Rios. Carlos. It wasn't, it wasn't you. No, it was Carlos Rios. That's right. I forgot about that. Because Carlos Rios played on the same album that I did, and they used his tune for the video, the one he's on, and I mimicked Carlos Rios' solo. Above. It's kind of funny, Scott, because. I, I, He's to me sounds a little bit like you. I don't know. It sounds like you to me. Oh well, thanks. Well, no, no, I I didn't mean that as a compliment. <laughs> Myself, I, I've never seen him or heard about him since that record. I, I, I know, know that he used to be the rhythm guitar player for George Benson for many years. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. as far as I know, well, I don't know it's that. Weird, much. but maybe it's just because I watched you play it, you know, in that video that I think it's you. But it sounds kind of like you to me. I don't know. It doesn't sound like that different. Didn't sound like Jimmy Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> we all sound the same. We have six strings and we bend notes and we just play and step on a pedal and we all sound the same. So that's it. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm excited about your... What's that? 
one out of three ain't bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what? Yeah. Well, look, man, Bruce, I heard, I heard your your um, it was like a rhythm changes or something you did on Instagram a few days ago. Yeah, and mate. that's yeah. that was just ridiculous. I mean, you you played the the saxophone section with like the whole solo. I mean, I've never heard anybody do that, actually. Oh, that was probably confirmation. Yeah, I played it as yeah. a chord solo. Yeah. yeah Nobody that, can do that but Bruce. That's, can, I mean, that chords faster than we can play single lines. You, you, all of it. You play, I mean, I, I can't comprehend how you did that. And I'm watching your hands, and I still don't understand how you did that. So. Well, the feeling's mutual, man. I heard your record, and I'm like, going, boy, that's some amazing, amazing stuff you guys made, man. Mm -hmm. You know. I, you know, I hope the rest of the world catches on to it because it's really special. Don't know how I got here, but I'm in a room with greatness. So thank you for having thank you, me. Thank you, Mayor. The only problem is we'll be dead soon. So. <laughs> thank you. Problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, oh. this could be the last show. It's probably yeah. the last you show. never know which one's going to die first. She keeps yeah. telling me that. She keeps cool. telling me. like She keeps yeah. telling me about to die. Right now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I got I to gotta fly. If, if this thing happens in November, I'll be flying to like six countries in South America. So I'm probably going to go first. Okay. Yeah, the plane's going to go down, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. One of those planes has to go down. So, well, and, and you're you're the oldest, so you know the world right. forgets you. Right. Guy, you know. I mean, right. you've had a good long life. Yeah, I've had, I've had a good run. <laughs> Live long enough. I mean, how much how much dog poop can one person pick up in a life? Right. I mean, you got to be close to the limit. That's right. <laughs> Do we have to come back at this show, and I have to replay this at the memorial show? Oh, right, right. <laughs> We celebrate Scott Henderson. He was a great man. It was a standard. A lot of God. God. We found a Scott standard. That was it. You know yeah, what I mean? That's it. <laughs> hey, if I go, the show's fucked. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's it. Well, that I've already got an insurance policy on you, so we'll do really well either way. <laughs> I am the Can only I? one that's not necessary here. <laughs> oh, you're going to live to like 110. I, I would bet. I will commit to I would bet that so that you guys will feel better. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that. What was that, Bruce? I I would bet that almost everybody in the world disagrees with you, Mayor. Oh right, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of new, so. Yeah, but yeah, think about Kinsey's album without you on it. Would it really be that good? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, without me on it, would it really? Oh, yeah, it down, is. But I'm, <laughs> actually, I'm to, be, to be fair, I think if we all disappeared and Mayor just took over guitar, Wank would probably do really well. Yeah, probably its ratings would would improve. Yeah, yeah like, I would a minute better. until I until I try to talk about guitars and. Well, we and you haven't talked all that knowledge. much about guitar tonight, and it's going Don't. pretty good. Yeah, guitar is overrated. It really is. Well, Kenzie, yeah. you know what? I went on Modern Jazz Guitar because I go on there sometimes. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about, um, I, I forget how I got into the conversation, but I just made a comment. And I said, you know, my favorite jazz doesn't have a guitar. My favorite yeah. jazz music doesn't have a guitar. Mm. And all of a sudden, I, I, I get like 50 likes. <laughs> oh, wow. well, I guess there's a lot of guitar players that agreed with me. Well, guitar is not the first 
I mean, jazz isn't the first music you think about when you think of guitar. I guess not. You know, I mean, in a way, it's like so much jazz that didn't have guitar in it. That's so great. Well, yeah. I mean, you probably think of trombone before you think of guitar. I guess so, or even 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 banjo. (laughs) No, no. How about harmonica? Mm, In one case, yeah, but uh, (laughs) only two. And he's a guitar player. Yeah, you're right. He Mm -hmm. plays guitar. Yeah. So yeah. He pl- and whistles. But no, saxophone, of course, would be the main instrument. I yeah, guess. sure, sure. Yeah, but 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 you know what? It was kind of cool that, you know, I think the record that you did before this, you you had near on like one cut. And on this record, you've got a lot of gu- guitar players on, you know, mm-hmm. you've got Josh, me, Josh, Oz, near yeah. Pedro. Pedro. Yeah, you know, you've got a lot, lot of cats. And that's why I was thinking you, you, that guy that I, I use as a publicist might be inter- more interested because there's right. so much guitar, but you got a better guy, I'm sure, for what you're doing. You know, you know so. what? I have no idea, but um, I mean, I, th- I feel like he's very good, but I don't know who's better than who or anything, but I, I'm happy with, you know, that we made a choice and we got somebody. Dude, you did the right thing getting a publicist. You got to have one. You got to have one. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's worth the money. Because right. that's how people find out you're, you, they have these giant mailing lists these days mm-hmm. and they put all that stuff, a blurb about your album and stuff, and they mail it directly to the people that are going to buy it. You know, you don't need magazines anymore. They're going to, they're going to email it to like a hundred thousand people. And those people are going to get that email about your record and they are going to buy it. And they don't need to see an ad in a magazine like you used to have to see. Because that's the new, the new age of publicists. These right. are the modern guys that do right. it this way, and it's so much more effective. Besides, most of those rags are not even being made anymore. I know. Keyboard, especially for you, out. keyboard magazine's been out of business for what twenty years? Not twenty years, but it's been out of business for a few years. But um, Electric yeah. Musician took over, but it's just a you know a very small part of it. It's- I'm sure if you compared the readership to back in the '90s to now, it would be like one tenth of the readership. Yeah, nobody's looking at it. I mean, people are using yeah. online stuff, and yeah, that's yeah. It. And you'll get good. You'll get online reviews. You know, so I hope so. We'll get you online reviews. There's tons. In fact, I'll um I'll introduce you to the guys at Seed of Sea of Tranquility. Mm. They're a really good um um online sort of I, I guess you'd call it a station or they they play music and they talk about music and review albums and stuff. And they'd I bet you they'd love to have you on there for an interview. I did an interview with them. They're really nice guys. Cool. They love tribal tech. I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll love your new album. Mm. So you gotta make sure you send it to them. Okay. Because like I did an interview with them and it got like, I don't know, a lot of views. Wow. So they have a big, they have a big audience. Cool. So, you know, you got to do stuff like that. Scott, who else is on the album? Like you mentioned some of the guitar players there. So you've got. Yeah. Um, So, so all those guitar players, um, Gary Novak played most of the drums. Gergo played on two tunes, actually the one that Henderson's on. On bass, uh, we had Tim LaFave on quite a bit. Um, of course, Mirrors on two tunes. Hadrian Ferro plays on two tunes. Um, we had Steve Tavaloni play some Iwi. And, uh, you know, he's a genius. And um, oh, did say, well, say that again, some Iwi? Yeah, Steve Tavaloni played some Iwi. So he wasn't really up to 
playing saxophone uh, just because like some health issues or whatever, but he played some beautiful Iwi. Iwi is the synthesizer saxophone controller kind of. Oh, thing. yeah. And it, you that said that electric, electric, electric valve. Yeah. Electric I, I, valve. I, yeah. I, I've never heard of Iwi. I thought it was like, oh, he's playing an Ewok or something. No, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Michael Brecker, kind of cool. That would be a great instrument. <laughs> Michael Brecker, made it I know really that, popular. and I don't okay. even have pedals. Yeah. Am I right, Kinsey? What's that? Michael Brecker made the Ewe really, really. He did bigger. Oh, I mean, he was probably the biggest name sax player to use it, and he used yeah. it a lot. Yeah, and uh, you know, he he. I mean, Tav did a lot of programming for Michael too. So, oh, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. And Tav works. Tav works for what movie producer? For Thomas Newman, quite Thomas a bit. Newman, right. Mm-hmm. All his yeah. movies feature Tav. In fact, you know, Tav, I mean, of course, that's the case during COVID and all that. You know, everybody's isolated to their house. But, I mean, he makes such exceptions for Tav, you know, because Tav can't go anywhere. So, uh, Tav has a setup in his house where he can, in real time, record to soundtracks that are happening in London or anywhere in the world oh you can real time track you know that guy's such a genius it's not even funny man it's unbelievable it is he's such he, a genius you know what he did on on the on one of the tunes um on the record for us he um he gave me about six tracks of iwi and normally i'll just go through those and i'll pick the bits i like i turned them all on and I just left it like that. Like they're all going, all six of them, because they work together. You know, that's cool. Man. I don't know how he can do that, but that's what he did. By the way, Troy, he's your artiste of the Scott Henderson out of rehab with T- Kinsey tattoos. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's the art. He, he's the artist. He's the iPhone artist for those oh gifts I sent you. Yeah. You know, he posted he posted it, Kinsey, the one of me with your tattoo all over me. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. amazing. He did one, he did one of uh, of me with mirror tattoos too. <laughs> Man. I like that. Oh, it looked amazing. I think you should follow through with that look, Scott. Yeah, yeah it's it's a, definitely a look. It's I mean, definitely a look. You I mean do it. you could do it, man. You want to get a tattoo of me? <laughs> oh, do I? Oh, in front of the world, tell them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One guitar wink, live. Don't never yeah. get your partner's tattoo. That's the kiss of death. You do that, the relationship ends. Yeah, I think it's probably- it's over for us, Kenzie. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> you guys are done, man. Just when I thought things I were going that, great. That- you what? Just when I thought things were going great. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Everything was going so well. Don't. <laughs> Don't. So what do you guys got going on until the end of the year? Because the end of the year is coming upon us real quick. Uh, any, anything else happening? Um, you know, I've been trying to work on a new record, so I'm kind of doing that. Um, I mean, I know that Adjustments is a brand new record, but, you know, there's a six-month delay by the time you turn it in. And so I'm, I've got one in the pipeline just to kind of have ready whenever, whenever it's time. So I'm working on that. I, I finished um, a record for Michael Schmidt. That was a big deal um oh yeah mixing and mastering that and um past the new year i'm gonna play a big joe zavinal show um with the with the big band actually where's that 
that's going to be in Germany. And, oh, the, uh, the WDR big band? It's not the WDR. The, they're really good players. Mm-hmm. And Mayer's going to come and be a part of that, too. Are you playing his music or... or yeah. It's all Joe's music? It's all Joe's music, yeah. Okay. So we're going to do that. Nice. Well, yeah. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough for for stepping down for us today to come on this little podcast. It was, uh, it was awesome. Mayor, thank you so much for being thank so awesome. You. And um, everyone go to just uh, look up, is it Seroquel, right? Video? Yeah, Seroquel. There's a video on YouTube. It's called Seroquel. It's on, uh, right now, it's on, I guess it's on both of our YouTubes now. So you can look for Marisol or you can look for Scott Kinsey and find it. And then we're going to unveil the, ne- the next video soon. I don't know exactly when, but we're going to Let it. us know. We'll post it all over Guitar Wink. And if you want us to send any, um, post any links, send me some links and I'll yeah. send it all out and promote it. I will. It. Guys, an absolute pleasure. Stay safe. Stay beautiful. And um, <laughs> You're wonderful. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Mayor. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Kinsey. Yeah. Thank you. It was really fun. Uh, you kids we- be careful. All righty. Yeah, you guys don't catch the cove. <laughs> the cove. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. It sounds kind of friendly. That is, right? Don't get the cove. I don't want that. Don't get the cove. The cove doesn't sound so bad. I don't know. No, it's the vid. The iv. The vid. Oh, yeah. the vid. Gotta watch out for the vid, though. Don't no, get the vid. I think I had the vid in the early 90s. It was a bitch to get uh, the That's bad. Yeah, Dream. All right, guys. All right. See ya. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.